You got to accentuate the positive. Wow! I feel good. A little bit of feel good goes a long way. Welcome to ATP Radio. I'm your host, Karen Swain, teacher of deliberate creation, showing you how to accentuate the positive, the way to a better life. Your radio station is an example of the future existing right now. Hello, how are you going? You're with Karen, accentuating the positive for another hour here on the home of conscious music, Soul Traveller Radio. So Catherine Hand, co-founder of The Afterlife Explorers Conference and myself got together with Mary Rodwell, the founder of ACERN, which stands for the Australian Close Encounters Research Network, to have a bit of a blab. So what is blab? Blab is a new streaming conference platform on the net where you can stream live, have conversations and invite people to join and ask questions. So that's exactly what we did. Instead of just having an interview and recording it, we invited people to come along and be a part of the interview. We had some great questions. So this is our conversation. Enjoy. We are recording. Welcome to the Afterlife Explorer Show brought to you by Accentuate the Positive Radio, Soul Traveller Radio, fabulous internet radio station. It's soultravellerradio.com and it has all sorts of fabulous conscious music and great conscious shows. One of them is my show, which is Accentuate the Positive, on a Wednesday and a Monday night. And we have been supporting the Afterlife Explorers Conference, which is for the first, well, the second time in Australia happening in how many weeks, Catherine? It's happening in about... Less than three weeks, the 29th of January it starts. There, 29th there to 31st. The Afterlife Explorers Conference was started by Mick Turner, who had an NDE. He had a near-death experience. And I guess he looked around Australia and he didn't see too many support groups that were supporting this conversation. And so he started, last year he did his first conference. And then you came on board this year to help him do the second conference. And Mary is one of the speakers, Mary Rodwell, who is the founder of a CERN, which is the Australian, now hang on. It's Close Encounter Resource Network. Close Encounter Resource Network. And Mary started her life off as a nurse and a midwife and a health counsellor and counselling people. And what happened was she found that some really strange stories were coming out as she was counselling people and she needed to investigate this and it opened up that rabbit hole. You went right into that rabbit hole into all this amazing stuff that we're going to talk about today. Do you want to talk a little bit about how it all started for you, Mary? Um, Absolutely. I I think it's important to understand that, you know, in counselling, when, as you were talking about Mick Turner and having an NDE and not knowing where to go with it, the same thing is with extraterrestrial encounters. And the gentleman that first came to me said, look, I've heard you're open-minded. There are no support groups for this. For this, people just think you're crazy. But this is what's happening. And what was interesting to me, apart from him being, obviously, he was a grounded, articulate, intelligent man. He knew how it sounded, but him and his whole family were experiencing being taken up on spacecraft, waking up with marks on their body. In fact, the relatives were really terrified to come to the house because they thought it was demons or something like that. So, for him, it was, this is my reality. Um, nobody wants to know. Nobody believes you. 
And for me, you know, I've heard so many stories when I've done grief and bereavement hospice counseling where people have found that, you know, they've been visited by those that have passed on or they've had an NDE or they've had a spontaneous life, past life experience, for example, where they found themselves remembering things from another time, whether it's actually on this planet or another planet. So, what, what, how is it that we have a problem with that when, you know, that is my problem with society is that just because you have an experience that isn't um, 3D, why do we have a problem with the fact that we do? Because we're, you know, if we believe in a soul, a soul is multidimensional. So what's the problem? And for me, it wasn't a problem. It was more, I don't know about this and I need to understand more. I need to know whether this is very rare or whether or not it is, in fact, something that's more of a global phenomena. And what I've discovered in 20 years, with 3,000 cases and still going strong, is this is a reality for not just thousands, I believe, but millions of people around the globe. Many of them think it's just them. Many of them think nobody else is having this because they never talk about it because they don't want to be seen as crazy. But in fact, it is as real and, and as actually common to, I think, us as a species as so many other experiences are. And it's the elephant in the room, though, that nobody wants to talk about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's a couple of questions, but I'm going to ask you, I had a, a question from a few people before I started this who couldn't be on the call, and one of them said, what has extraterrestrials and, uh, and that sort of encounters got to do with afterlife explorers? <laughs> uh, do you know, I get a lot of spiritual groups, um, you know, spiritualist and psychic development and a lot of the, the more new agey saying, well, how, what's UFOs got to do with spirituality or metaphysics uh -huh. and whatever? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And, and, and quite honestly... That is a really important one for me to stress. You know, what's this UFO alien lady doing speaking in a spiritualist church? Or because I get him, I haven't been invited to spiritualist churches. And I'm saying because the soul isn't always human, <laughs> actually. Um, we have all been possibly living as a soul in a different form. And, and many of my clients will remember being on other star systems in other lifetimes. Um, remembering having encounters in medieval times. And because I do past life regressions, this is where you see the theme. Many of my um, clients, some of them children, will talk about past lives on other planets, the fact they've taken on a mission to come to this planet and help with the awakening of consciousness. And they will describe, you know, um, their real family as being um, a, a non-human extraterrestrial either, uh, you know, a light being or another humanoid from uh, Pleiades or Arcturus or Andromeda or a mantid being, and that's their family. You know, that's their origin. So it is actually very relevant, and at least 30% of those that have encounters have had near-death experiences or out-of-body experiences. Um, so it is actually all intertwined and what somebody in a, um, a religious belief system may see as an angel, somebody who's had encounters will perhaps view them as a light being. You know, it's, it's our interpretation and how we love to put things in boxes without realizing it's all consciousness. It's all mm -hmm. in the matrix mm -hmm. and the extraterrestrials and the interdimensionals will appear in a form that your belief system will support. But actually, for many of them, somebody's spirit guide may very well be a blue being 
or, you know, a, a being from the Pleiades. And they will say, my life guide is this. And so it is actually very much part of our spiritual understanding or, or our metaphysical understanding. And it is all interlinked. And that is the most important thing I think I need to say with this. Yeah, yeah. From my understanding, because I've got a mob of light beings that I call blissful beings that talked through me, and I had some questions too when I first started seeing Bashar channeling. So Bashar channels an extraterrestrial, you know, a being from another planet. And my question was, why channel an extraterrestrial like a being from another planet when you can go directly to source, you know, and channel source or a non-physical being not necessarily having an experience in another physical life experience. What would you say to that? Well, I think for every individual, every soul that comes to this planet, they will have their way of connecting to their superconscious, higher self, over soul, God, source, universal consciousness. And for some, we, we have or we bring in life guides or spirit guides for some others, when they connect, they say, I believe it's my higher self or my superconscious. It really doesn't matter as long as that information has an integrity and, and supports our journey on this planet or understanding our multidimensional journey on this planet as well as our 3D world. And so however you interpret it, whether you say, you know, my guide is Jesus or it's archangels or it's you know a metatron or um you know it's a light being or a palladian really and truly that's just allowing us to link in to those higher sources that are of a spiritual guidance and understanding and the integrity of it is how it resonates you know mm -hmm. and we all know i mean bashar's a, a brilliant one um i find the information coming out of bashar is really brilliant um mm -hmm. it, it fits with what I resonate with, but many, it may be, you know, other, other sources, channeled sources. And for some, they'll say, you know, I'm, I'm connected to Jesus. Why not? It's Christ-centered consciousness, a, a consciousness of love. It really doesn't matter how we interpret it as long as it makes sense to us. And I don't think there's any right or wrong in how we interpret it. It's just our vehicle and our awareness is how we will interpret the way we're connected to source. Mm -hmm. And I think, Mary, you've just answered a, a question that Spy Gadget um, raised, which was, are our NDEs um, influenced by our cultural expectations of the afterlife? And so you've just spoken to that, whether it's being taken into the afterlife through a regression session in, in hypnotherapy using um, Michael Newton's method or whether it's a, an NDE, but it, there is that cultural influence that you're talking about. I think it's inevitable, given our belief systems, you know, our backgrounds, our programming and conditioning, that we will see through the lens of that belief system. And I think the those enlightened beings that support us and guide us through life that we've chosen as a soul anyway, will appear mm. in the form that we're comfortable with or we trust. Mm. And why wouldn't they? We would do the same. You know, we do that with our children. We present ourselves in a way or we present, you know, other people in a way that they're comfortable with or they feel safe with. And that's what they do. But what I've also found is the more aware we become, the more we understand about the matrix and our, our non-physical reality, the more they will show themselves in perhaps a different form or a, a more amazing kind of form when they say, well, now you're ready to see me. I'll let you see me in this form. 
And often it will end up being just pure light or it will be you're seeing a blue being that you thought was before, you know, an angel with wings. It really doesn't matter. It's, It's exposing us to understanding the realities of the intelligences in whatever form they are in, in what we call the dimensions of, of soul. Great answer. Actually, I had that experience when I was younger and I wanted to see my spirit guides. Everybody had a spirit guide with a name and a form, you know, a personality, and I didn't. I had a mob with actually no names or personalities. And then someone gave me this guided meditation where you, you know, go down a path and you sit at a lake and you invite someone to come. And no one came. And I'm like, why don't I have someone come? And this is exactly what they said to me. They said, oh, really, Karen, we can be any form that you can conjure. Because I used to see just points of light and I still see points of light, different colours. And I'm getting to know what the different colours are. They said, what form would you have us appear in? And I just, I really got it then, you know. I thought, yeah, you know, I can make you any form. You can be any form you want. And it really, it's really up to me what resonates for me. And when I took people through guided meditations and hypnosis, they would see angels or they would see religious figures or maybe aliens or whatever form resonated to them as higher consciousness that had some authority in wisdom for them. So it's really interesting, isn't it? I love it. I love the fact that it's challenging us to open up our perceptions and to accept what really is possible in terms of the soul and what the soul can understand and experience and what we're capable of as souls. And um, I had a young gentleman, um, a graphic designer actually, and he was exploring, he saw himself as an ET and he said to me, I'm moving something huge from one dimension to another. And he said, oh, he said, it's a planet. And I <gasps> said, so you're, you're moving a planet from one dimension to another. He said, yes, and we've, we've done it too quickly and we've messed up the energy and we've now got to fix it. And he actually did a drawing of this. And I remember thinking, right, Mary, so they can move planets into other dimensions. What do you think of that? To me, it was like another aspect of multidimensional realities that I hadn't been exposed to before. But who says that's possible or impossible? We don't even know what's impossible. You know, we come from a very, you know, we're looking at the world or the rea- our realities through the eye of a needle and we think that we know how it all works. It's ludicrous. <laughs> I know. <laughs> You know, Esther Hicks, which is another mob that's channeled from higher consciousness, channeling Abraham says it's as easy to manifest a button as it is a castle. And often she says, you know, you're talking to your source and your source is the energy that creates worlds. And you've just spoken about that. This person from that non-physical perspective is creating a planet, a world, and moving it through different dimensions, which is actually what's happening to us right now as a world called planet earth with our humanity and our consciousness we're actually shifting and moving from one dimension to another dimension and there are a lot of beings that are coming on the planet right now that are helping us do that because it is a shift in consciousness this is what these conversations are all about and you've experienced through your work mary so many of these star beings that are coming in to help us shift our consciousness do you want to speak a little bit about that 
What I want to say is what I'd like to do at the conference is not only talk about its reality, that this is, this is happening, has been happening through millennia and as the gods that have come down who have definitely tinkered with our DNA. And, you know, I will briefly touch on that reality and on the fact that, you know, that there is a physical component to this. Craft do enter our, our space. Every six minutes around the globe, somebody sees a UFO. You know, there are hundreds of thousands of people that are going up on craft, interacting with these beings and all the rest of, of that side of things, which I will talk about, which includes, you know, the fact that this ultimately shifts consciousness and shifts them to an understanding of a greater reality. But what I want to also talk about is the, the fact that we are changing in consciousness as a species. And each generation shows us that, you know, the names of the indigos, crystals, children of light, these new children I'm going to talk about, the star children, the new human. I'm going to talk about children under 10 that talk about their origins, where, what star system they're from. I'm going to talk about, you know, what, what abilities they come in with, their awareness of what their job is to help awaken this planet, from healing abilities to telepathic abilities to understanding the nature of reality. The fact that these are children that never watch talk shows and read books on this, but are aware of who they are and, and their star origins, and also what they are saying needs to happen on this planet, how they're bringing the knowledge from their education on star spaceships, going and being shown how to levitate, being shown a whole range of skills so that they're bringing those in as well. And the reality of that, and, and some of these children are labeled as ADHD or Asperger's or certain types of autism or dyslexia, but all they are are new programs, programs that are deliberately made, I believe, so that they can't be conditioned into the old, limited, limiting 3D world, which we all know is not the true nature of reality. And so, in other words, the star beings have made it difficult for these kids to be programmed and conditioned as the older generations have been. And that's yeah. the reason they look dysfunctional. They're actually yeah. showing us a new way. We're the dysfunctional ones because we've been programmed out of our true nature and our true understanding and aspect of, of, of what we are, which is multidimensional beings. So I'll be talking about the val validity of that and the scientists mm -hmm. who actually are confirming this, this, this hypothesis. You know, that message just can't be spooked enough. I, I just know so many parents that are so beside themselves because their children don't fit in with their education system. They just don't learn the way we're trying to teach our children. And, you know, they're forcing the system to change, which is fabulous. But the poor old parents just see their children as damaged rather than brilliant. You know, they, they need that shift in perspective. Look, I was listening to a conversation on the net the other day. I've been quite concerned about the pollution problem of our planet. And all these people throw all these documentaries in my face, like Cowspiracy and a whole lot of documentaries that are really saying we've got 50 years left if we keep going the way we're going with what we're doing pollution-wise. So a lot of that's around eating meat because apparently cows are polluting the planet just hugely. Anyway, there's a whole lot of stuff I'm not going to go into. But I was listening to a conversation, a channeled conversation the other day, and he said that the 0 to 5-year-olds that are on the planet right now will be the generation that completely clears that up. So that was interesting. 
the naught to five-year-olds. They've come in to show us how to create a new world. And, you know, the, the fascinating thing is that they'll be the teachers, not us teaching them. They will be teaching us what we need to do. I mean, I was talking to a 17-year-old who I mentioned in my presentations who said he's come in as an ecological engineer. He's come in to show how to build environments that are in harmony with the planet. Yeah. And they will. They know how to change what's going on here, to manifest, to show us technologies that will clear up all the pollution, all the things that at the moment... I mean, one case comes to mind as a nine-year-old girl in Europe who speaks three-star languages, and she told me that one of the languages, when she speaks, it heals water. So when she speaks this language at water, it heals water. And what she's really saying is the frequencies of that language shift and reprogram that water to heal it. In the same way, Masaru Emoto has always said that frequencies such as music, prayer, intent, actually alter the nature of water. And, you know, he showed evidence of this in terms of what happens to water when these frequencies are it's exposed to it and it's reprogrammed. And, it, 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 you know, these are the abilities that these children have and are bringing to this planet now. So to me, that's the most wonderful and exciting part of our future. And when everybody says, oh, you know, the world's falling apart. Well, you know what? It has to first before we can start reprogramming it and getting it into a, um, a, a new way of thinking. And sometimes we have to have this, this chaos and confusion to allow us to be ready to change the paradigm. Yeah, that's interesting, isn't it? I think there's an old movie that explores that conversation that humanity has to be pushed to the brink of disaster before they shift. It was about an ET. It was a really old movie. It was remade and he was this big metal ET. Anyway, it was a really old movie that was remade, but they explore that conversation. It's like, why doesn't humanity change? They have to be pushed to the brink of extinction before they yeah. actually change their ways. Yeah. I think it was the War of the Worlds. Um, it was, it, that was one of them where it was saying, look what you're doing. And they had to prove in War of the Worlds that actually humanity was worth saving. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Any questions there, Catherine? Yes, I was going to jump in with one. We've had one sitting here from Cheryl, actually, saying, going backwards a little bit to what we we're talking about, but that um, her comment is, angels may not all be supernatural beings from heaven. So I wondered if you had any thoughts about that, Mary. She's saying ETs seem to be able to visit the, dimen the dimension that we call heaven. Look, I can only go on what research I have and those that I've worked with and the understanding that resonates with me. I think we have to look at the term heaven. What does that heaven mean to you? For me, I think heaven is, is a way of limiting what we understand of the many dimensions. And there may be yeah. many more dimensions than we even understand, different levels of frequency that we even understand. So what does heaven mean to you? Yeah. I I feel that as souls, we've experienced all those dimensions uh, in one form or another as we, we've grown and we've learned or, or whatever until we go back to source or when we've come from source. So where, do, where is source? Is that heaven? One little girl, nine-year-old, said it. she called it dayland, where the, where the ultra-terrestrial and the angels live and where we all come from, and she calls it dayland. So for me, heaven is really, uh, I think Jesus 
actually mentioned that heaven was in my where I come from. There are many mansions. Many to me, I see that as many dimensions. Um, yeah, so, yeah. look, whatever it means to you um, and how it resonates with you is is your truth, and I I don't have a problem with that. But I I for me, heaven is many dimensions, and it's levels yeah. of understanding and awareness and frequency in terms of who and what we are as souls. But I, I can't even encapsulate it more than that. And interestingly enough, this will put it in a new perspective, when you're in heaven, in that non-physical perspective, this third dimensional dimension, perspective, reality, is actually another part of heaven because heaven encompasses the whole. Yeah. So we're in heaven, <laughs> believe it or not. We're, we're already here. And, and when you speak to dead people, you know, they say that there's no separation between non-physical yeah. and physical. It's just that we can't perceive non-physical because we're limited to these five senses. So yeah. we're already in heaven. Yeah. There's another question here. Yeah, I might need a, a little bit more clarity from, from Monty about this one. He's asking about John Hutchison. I don't know John Hutchison, but he's asking what does he do to demonstrate human or extra human powers? Are you familiar with John Hutchison? I'm sorry, I don't know who the, this this person is. No, okay. So, Monty, you might have to um, expand on that a little bit more to help Mary out. And also from uh, UFO Hub News, I have a case of a woman who had an abduction experience during a near-death experience. Have you heard of this, Mary? I would need to know more of what she calls an, um, the abduction because there are many different forms of that. Some of them are from um, what I call are not the extraterrestrial. They are abductions from our military called my lab, and that's a completely different thing. So I would need to know more of her story before I, I would make a comment on that because, because of the, that mix of those that are, are true extraterrestrial ones and those that are human orchestrated ones. And a lot of um, the public are not aware that we have, if you like, um, agencies that can emulate or create false abductions as well. So I, I really would like to know more of the, the, the account. She's very welcome to contact me if she wants to talk more about that. Mm -mm. I think okay. maybe they're talking about when this person had a near-death experience, they were maybe hanging out with some alien folk. <laughs> yes. It's quite possible that when she had her NDE, that when she got exposed to the other dimensions, and in that are all yeah. sorts of beings, yeah. both humanoid, um, extraterrestrial, um, and interdimensional. So she may very well then have seen that as a contact or encounter abduction, and, and certainly that would that would fit. Okay, thank you. She is saying that that's what she's talking about, so that's great. We've also got a little bit of a um, an explanation about the Hutchison effect. So from Andrew, he's telling us that he was an inventor in Canada who is credited with one of science's most unusual and controversial discoveries. It is described as a highly anomalous e electromagnetic effect which causes the jellification of metals, spontaneous levitation of common substances and other effects. That's quite a mouthful to get out. Yeah, sounds interesting. Sounds yeah, interesting. We'll have, so, to, we'll have to investigate that. Who are we yeah. talking we to? We might need Andrew to, to dial in and tell us a little bit more about it. Do we want to do that? We'll just keep going with Mary. Okay. So 
Mary, do you want to tell us some of the experiences some of your clients have had, your ET children or starseed children? Well, I will um, obviously expand on some of this, but what is um, very interesting to me now is that many of them don't have the fear the adults have. They will call them their friends. I've visited my friends and I went up on a spacecraft. They will talk about one eight-year-old explained that he went up with a couple of school friends in his school and they were in these kinds of cylinders where they couldn't move. And I said, what could you see? He said, I could see blue beings. And this is conscious recall. All the children, it's conscious recall. And I said, so what's going on? Do you know why you're there? And he said, oh, yes. He said, that's my yearly medical exam. (laughs) And then he explained that when he was on the craft with his friends and other children, he said that some of them, I said, were they, um, what were the other children like? And he said, well, some of them were different. He said, they were not the same as us. And I said, what made them different? He said, they had bigger eyes. So he knew that they weren't human in terms of how he understood his friends. And I said, what were you doing? He said, we were learning about a lot of complex things, you know, and he was mentioning black holes and the nature of the universe and how he was using his brainwaves to interact with these um, other children in creating forms in the air. And I said, so can you tell me some of the things that you were taught? He said, well, it's very complex. And so I said, too complex for me to understand? Yes, he said, it's too complex for you to understand. So I was really put in my place because I was told I wouldn't get it. (laughs) So, um, (laughs) you know, but he was, it was quite normal for him to um, say, this is, this is what I'm learning. And this is how I understand it. And he also talked about going up on the craft some of the time. And he said, evaporating into his mantid form, which is like a mantid being, which is like a praying mantis being. And I said, so how does that feel? And he said, well, it feels a bit strange, but it was okay. In other words, his soul on the craft sometimes changes form and goes into another form on the craft for a purpose and then comes back into his human form. So this takes the whole business of, you know, are we just staying in our our physical form all the time during this life? Or do we actually, you know, move out of our form? And we certainly know we do in out-of-body experiences. So here is another aspect of them being part of the ETs and in their form at times for a job or a role that they play. So, you know, there's, there's so much more that goes on that people don't understand with encounters. Yeah, yeah. Well, we've got Monty here. He wants to call in with a question. Are you going to behave yourself, Monty? <laughs> we'll, get, we'll get him on, shall we? See what he's got to say. So is he the one that was talking to, about? I have to warn you, I'm a troublemaker. Okay, you he's know a tr- that. <laughs> 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 no, but I love this topic. I'm walking, I'm doing my five-mile walk that I do every other day. I try to do it every other day. <laughs> he's on his phone. He's listening to this on his phone. Don't you love it? <laughs> I, I'm a mobile person. Completely mobile. <laughs> Don't get distracted by the lovely background. Did you have a question for Mary? Oh, sure. The, the question has to do with, you know, John Hutchison is one of the few people that I've ever seen that, that is, it was able to demonstrate, of all places, on YouTube. There are, that's a lovely cat you got there. Um, <laughs> on YouTube, he's actually showing the whole world, including there's uh, officials in, in the Army, people from NASA, etc., who got a chance to uh, see John Hutchison 
levitate, uh, fuse metals. There's a scientific term called transmutation, and, and it refers to metals being fused with wood and, and et cetera. And I, I'm just curious in terms of, have you guys ever got a chance to actually interact with people that are able to give us lay person, ordinary people, a chance to see uh, in one way, in one form or another, uh, demonstrations of, of uh, some of these abilities that we that we hear about a lot. Certainly, we're starting to, you know, get that kind of material together. In one of my presentations, I show twenty-year-old student where she uses her mind to make something move. Um, oh, okay. So she gave a very simple demonstration of that. But I, I believe that we will get more of of that kind of material as people feel safe enough to come out because a lot of them are quite worried about um, the exposure. Well, uh, I, and they're I agree also with a, you. I agree with you. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Yeah. I mean, the, you pr probably, you sound as though you're pretty cluey, Marty. And what I would say is they don't want to be targeted. Right. Um, and you know what I'm talking about here. I'm pretty certain. Yeah. I've written, I've done a lot of writing on uh, such esoteric topics as free energy and mm. such. And, and, you would be amazed how soon as corporate America and government finds a target of a particular type of technology that threatens entire industries, mm -hmm. they will make a, a, a point to harass and intimidate and possibly do something, you know, very, very dramatic to the person who's at the center of the particular technology that, you know, that threatens the industries because of the amount of money and everything. Yeah, it's one of those catch-22 uh, catch situations when you have someone of advanced intelligence and they're trying to let us know on a level that we all can see and hear and understand. And, mm -hmm. and, and it, yeah, it's a major problem going forward. Well, there are the way showers that come in with this technology and they put it out there and then, you know, let's not put labels on it, but somebody stops them and then a few more come and then somebody stops them. But at some point, so many come that you just can't stop them all. And yeah. that's really what's happening. And that's like that conversation yeah. I was talking about, you know, with the pollution. There are, are beings that have the technology to clean up our pollution now, but these apparently these 0 to 5-year-olds, like, all of them will be involved in it. So it, it oh, sort of okay. comes in on, on mass. So, yeah, the way showers might, and that's in their sole contract as well, they might come in and say, I'm going to present this new thing, and then the fearful old paradigm ones shut them down. But there is a contract that they have, you know, apparently no death is an accident, every death is a sole contract because from your soul's perspective you know that you're eternal so you don't ever die. This is just another dimension of heaven. <laughs> That's interesting. I was uh, introduced to a new technology that's supposed to revolutionize our monetary system. A lot of you probably already heard of it. It's called Bitcoin. And um, the, the inventor right now, he has to stay anonymous. He has to stay in hiding because our government and governments all around the world are threatened by this individual and what he could do. To our financial system, it, it introduces a lot of controversy. But yeah, there's there's a bunch of individuals who probably would like to come forward and say, "Look, I have some answers for you guys." But yeah. at the same time, once we find a one target, you know, then we then everybody, every skeptic, everybody and their brother-in-law pounces on that person yeah. and, and, and and tries to get them to you know, 
you well, know, discredit them or whatever. Well, Bitcoin is a great example because there are so many people involved in it now. You just can't kill everybody. Have you had, Mary, any of your star children talk about how we're going to transform the money monetary system? Because, the, you know, the corruption in the world seems to be wrapped up with the money system. Have, exactly. Have any of the, your star children talked about that? Not specifically, although some of them definitely know about the, you know, what we call conspiracies in terms of what's wrong with the planet, how they're being dumbed down. They're certainly very aware of um, what's going on behind the scenes. Many of them, even, you know, nine-year-olds say that we have to be careful what we talk about. We have to be careful that we can't be targeted because they, they know about us and our frequency. But they also, you know, have talked even about... Um, John Kennedy and, and the reason that he was assassinated. They've said that there are beings on the moon and it's artificial. So they're, they're aware of all those kinds of things. And they're aware that at the moment that they've got to be very careful that they don't expose themselves too much until things change. And they're very aware that one nine-year-old told me 2012 to 2017 was crucial in terms of the shift. And there are going to be major things happen. Well, you, so, probably, they, they you probably want to expand ask them on about that? the Bitcoin. Yeah. There's a lot of um, different understanding other than some of it. It is about a shift in consciousness, about people specific? waking up. Right. Almost like we're separating out into two frequencies, the low frequency people and the high frequency people. Okay. And there's going to be choices that we make. And, and what that means in terms of our realities I'm not sure whether or not this means, as some call it, the new earth. But what does that mean, the new earth? Does it mean a reality that some of us will be in a different dimension and experience? Or does it mean something else? Nobody's really quite sure, and, but it's big. Mm -hmm. Well, it you, you may want to... Um, did you have any more was... questions for Mary? So we might... Yeah, ask your star children whether or not the model that was uh, set by Satoshi Nakamoto, I think his name is, the actual inventor, whether or not that model can be used to introduce new ideas and new technologies. Because from what I understand, he released this into the wild and then he disappeared. And now that we have this technology, this currency slash big, big blockchain technology, now that we have it, it's almost impossible to, to release it because mm -hmm. it's out there already. I, I think um, mm -hmm. Karen may have alluded to that point. But I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to drop out and let you guys continue your, your discussion. And thanks for all the bravery in terms of getting the word out about these things. Thanks, oh, Monty. Pleasure, thanks Monty. Monty. Bye, Monty. Thank you. Take care. All righty. Thanks. Any more questions on the uh, other side, Catherine? No. If, if anyone has a question, we've just had um, Loz join in and say, hello, Starseed friends. So if you've got a question, <laughs> Loz, feel free to uh, put it to Mary. I think so that Mary will be speaking. minutes left about four minutes left. So Mary will be speaking at the Afterlife Explorers Conference coming up in three weeks in Melbourne in Australia for any of those people that are in Australia. And she's also going to be doing a workshop. Do you want to talk about your workshop there? Well, the workshop now is, is not the traditional one. It just means I'm going to be talking about the star children and going into depth because it's so relevant to parents and grandparents when they're seeing these new generations so different and how to support them and actually what we need to do to support them and to give them the courage to be who they are and to help help us 
change what isn't working on this planet. So I think it is a very important part. My second book is actually all about the new human. And so I'm going to be talking a little bit about that. Do you want to tell people what your first book's called? It's called Awakening, How Extraterrestrial Contact Can Transform Your Life. And it's for all of those that think this might be happening to them. And if it is, how do you know? What does it mean? How real is it? All those questions that so many ask when they suspect but are not really sure. And if they do know, how do they manage it? How do they grow with it? And, and ultimately, how does it change your life? Fabulous. And the new book will be about the, um, the start. The children really excite me. I'm really excited about the new children. They're just very exciting. I'm seeing a lot of them in the circles that I run in. I mean, even, I wouldn't even call them children, even the young adults, like the 20-year-olds, 30-year-olds, mm. it, it's just a new world we live in because I've been having this conversation for about 30-odd years. I think I started asking questions when I was 15. Who are we? Where do we come from? What's it all about, Alfie? Mm. And 30 years ago, there were very few people having this conversation, but now I seem to be surrounded by hundreds, thousands of people that are all having a conscious conversation on one level or another. Not too many are about extraterrestrials, but everyone is interested in it. I mean, Hollywood's been perpetuating it for years. I mean, in the 60s, Star Trek was amazing. People are starting to see that it's more reality than it is imagination or Hollywood's illusion. You said to me the other day on the phone, Mary, and I got goosebumps that uh, E.T., the movie E.T. was based on a true story. Yes, and so was Close Encounters of the Third Kind. They were um, given the scripts um, because of the fact that they were based on certain events. Although, and that's why they trigger so many people when people watch them. Um, yeah. And you'll be, uh, you'll be amazed at how many people have said, I saw Close Encounters and it gave me goosebumps. Absolutely. And it really, really got to me. And that's because it did happen. Yeah, yeah. Especially wow. that bit where the lights are singing, you know, on yeah. the space. Yeah. That, that yeah. was, I don't know, yeah. I think I was a kid when I watched that, but that was yeah. really like resonating with me yeah. when I saw that. Yeah, it was fabulous. Yeah. Well, I think we might wrap it up. We've been going for about 45 minutes. Have you got anything else you'd like to add, Catherine? Oh, I'd just like to thank everyone for their input and especially to Mary to uh, say a big thank you. Mary has stepped in last minute and come into the conference and we're very, very excited to have her. And I know that a lot of people are excited to come along and listen to her two presentations. So thank you, Mary. It's a pleasure. And I'm really looking forward to meeting you and meeting everyone else there. And, I, and one of my important things I want to say is I've come to meet the, pump, you know, the audience. I've come, if you've got questions or if this is relevant to you, I hope to make myself available to as many of you as possible. So if you've got anything you want to share with me, that's why I'm there. Fantastic. Thank you. Fantastic. Yeah, people will love that. It's been a great conversation, girls. So Mary, obviously, we know is the founder of the CERN, and she is all over the internet. If you want to Google Mary or just go to YouTube and put in her name, Mary Rodwell, you'll see amazing presentations there. Mary has talked with so many people. I was watching another one of your presentations last night, Mary. I think it was in Denmark. You were in Denmark at a conference. What conference was that? 
Well, actually, it was the ExoPolitics Conference, and it was I did four countries in four weeks last year, and um, the first one was Copenhagen, then it was in in Norway, then it was Sweden, then it was the UK. And yes, what's fantastic is that so many people are resonating to that information now, and my job is to just get it out there, you know, and that's why I do it. And the traveling is a killer, but it's worth it for the wonderful people that I meet. Yeah, absolutely. And Catherine is a LBL past life regressionist or a life between life regressionist who works here in Sydney and the co-founder of the Afterlife Explorers Conference. She hasn't put herself on as a speaker this year, Mary. Can you believe it? She's got amazing things to say. (laughs) She's going to speak next year, though, (laughs) along with me. I'll be speaking next year too. The conference will be in Brisbane next year. So are you going to come along to that too, Mary? I might be very tempted. Because <laughs> you're up there in Brisbane, so it's not too far. I am. To I'm, nor- I'm, nor- I'm north of Brisbane. I'm an hour's flight away from Brisbane, so I'm central okay. Queensland. Oh, right. You're way up north. You're really yeah. far up north. Yeah. Your host today, me, has been Karen Swain. I am a teacher of deliberate creation, and I teach through my mob, Blissful Being, so they're a council of light that talk about how we create our reality, so how to clean up your thoughts. Because the thing about all this stuff, when you start going down that rabbit hole and experiencing higher consciousness, manifestation becomes quicker. So you really have to clean up your thoughts if you want to have an easy life because criticism and judgment and any negative thought hurts so much more when you become conscious than it does when you're, you know, pretty unconscious. Thanks, everyone, for joining us. Thanks, Mary. You're most welcome. And if you want to find out more about Mary, go to her website, which is ACERN. It's A-C-E-R-N.com.au and the Afterlife Explorers Conference.com.au. Also, Accentuate the Positive, I've interviewed thousands of amazing thought leaders and change makers. Go to my website, Karen Swain. Dot com and you'll see all the people there, well, not all of them, but some of the people there that I've interviewed or you can have a session there as well and talk to my guides, Blissful Beings. Thanks, girls. Take care. Thanks, everyone, Thanks for watching. Again. Bye for now. Thank you. Bye. What a wonderful conversation with Mary Rodwell and Catherine Hand. Thanks for joining me for another show, Accentuating the Positive on Soul Traveller Radio. I hope you all have a beautiful holiday season. Enjoy yourselves, laugh a lot, hug a lot, <laughs> love a lot. If you'd like to join us for some conscious conversations on Blab where you can join in and ask questions, go to my website, karenswain.com and sign up to the newsletters and I will let you know when the next one is. Shane Locke and I have got some plans interviewing some conscious musicians and uh, you can ask them questions as well. Please join us on Facebook, Accentuate the Positive Radio with Karen Swain and Soul Traveller Radio on Facebook. For guidance from my guides, blissful beings about how to be the powerful, deliberate creator you came to be, go to karenswain.com. Catch you soon. Enjoy the rest of your night. Bye for now.